taking a coffee break then plug in your earphones and let this episode play by the time you have finished your coffee you'll have learned something new about UX design this is UX Anudeep I'm a UX designer and a mentor who has helped more than 1000 students kickstart their journey into UX design welcome to my podcast UX coffee break a not so bookish UX podcast In this podcast I share the very same things that have helped a lot of my mentorship students get their first UX job. So enjoy your coffee and start your learning. See actually in general the, the theme I wanted to talk about is because a lot of people are in this situation where you are applying and what kind of companies you can approach and stuff like that. But yeah, go ahead, no problem. Um, so, I mean, I have a lot of questions, but I'll ask one specific one. And then, I mean, later, I'll just wait if all the others get answered by themselves. So, yeah. um, so for example, like right now, when I'm applying to certain places, uh, you know, a lot of uh, websites have their own career pages. And then you're supposed to fill out information uh, in every single, uh, you know, uh, website separately. Mm-hmm. So okay. a lot of times uh, you have to fill out job experience okay. and relevant job experience. And I mean, I like do, I mean, even though I am from a design background, it, it was textiles and fashion. Like most of my work experience is either in fashion or in textiles. So I do fill that out, but then I just get a tinge of, I don't know, like, will they just see that and be like, oh, it's not even from me. Why it doesn't have any UX experience. So like, you know, let's pass it off. And then I start like this conundrum sort of pops up where I'm thinking, should I really like do an internship first? And I know that it's a good option. I'm not saying that it's a bad option, but the point is that I am pretty confident. I mean, I know that I will be able to handle even like a job position at this moment. So, I mean, I just keep getting confused as what happens. And I'll start feeling low that, Oh, I don't have any like work experience to like put like on paper to show. Yeah. 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 That keeps happening. So like, what's that about? Yes. So firstly, let me tell you something which will give you some confidence. This, this is, I don't know what the official name is, but this Agni Paigari's term for it. This is the freshers dilemma. Everyone is in this. I was also in this. Everyone around you are also in the same dilemma. In, in fact, uh, everyone independently calls me and talks the same thing. Kavya talks the same thing. Aditya talks the same thing. Right. Swati is also like literally shouting also sometimes. <laughs> the same problem. Okay. Everyone is in the same suit. So don't worry. Not just people here also. Everyone obviously because that is literally how your career beginning is supposed to be because you don't know what's good for you and the companies don't know if you are a good fit or not. Right. So It's supposed to happen. Okay. So the next thing is a lot, lot, lot of people are there in the soup. They don't even have any idea of a direction which they're going. You guys are much better because you know the direction at least. Filtered out a lot of people, even if they know the direction, they don't even have anything to showcase. You guys are a little better. You guys have something to showcase. Okay. Now, coming from there, there are people who have some previous experience. And yes, you guys are not having the previous experience. Okay. So if no companies hire freshers, then how will freshers even get a job? So it's not like that. People do hire freshers. Why? 
because there are advantages freshers freshers can be trained all obviously freshers come cheap right compared to experienced folks freshers come definitely cheap freshers come with very new perspectives they are not already carrying some bias in terms of it this cannot be done that cannot be done and all the stuff they are willing to experiment and if you if the company wants to experiment they can deploy freshers over there because they can experiment right and experimentation usually is better if it is with low cost right so for these reasons companies do take freshers so the question is not about whether they companies hire freshers or not it's not like that there are a lot of companies okay they'll be like one year two year experience we want and all this stuff but when there is a fresher when they can get a confidence that okay we can take this person they will take freshers so what's the next thing which is blocking in these things is companies do not know if you are a potentially good person or not right so how do they solve this how do the how do the companies understand whether you are potentially a good person or not usually the interview process correct in interview they'll try to do multiple rounds they'll start trying to you know give you some assignments they try to understand and reduce this risk of are you a, a potentially good candidate who can be trained or not okay they do this now even before that even if you have to be called to an interview they should kind of pick your portfolio that means they have to see your potential over there right which is nothing but your whatever case studies and all which you have built those should be presented in such a way that they find you as an appropriate candidate to come and talk this is broken down the only thing is there are companies even though they have that field called what's your previous experience what's the relevant experience you can just simply quote that you do not have any relevant experience okay because they usually ask for relevant experience you don't have to talk about your relevant experience in the place where they are asking you for relevant experience you don't have to you can tell them that you are getting started right now as a freshman now right now your focus should be on getting that first interview call is my portfolio reaching a lot of people so that someone will find interest in understanding oh this person might be potentially good and call me for an interview that's your primary focus for now okay is the case study whatever you have written and the portfolio is it enough for people to give that call yes the case studies you should do here are good okay that is there but yeah for now first thing is how do i make sure my case studies or portfolio is reaching n number of people who would potentially want to hire me that's your only focus for now don't worry about anything else right now okay just break this down previous experience you don't have relevant experience so just put down that you don't have a relevant experience talk about whatever experience you have previously now coming to relevant experience what you can do is you can convert that irrelevant experience and link it to how it helped you solve the problems which you have done in your case studies you have something in textile or fashion or whatever coming from fashion background if you have that experience go and write down let us say maybe you went somewhere and you selected a cloth uh you like what is it that you did to actually go and select a cloth and how is it that helped you go and made easier to actually go and understand preferences of people or whatever right or maybe it uh, kind of made it easier for you to go and find out people to talk to whatever right but how is it that that might have brought some learning so that you are solving whatever you are 
how is that relevant to what you're doing in UX? That's the question. Right? Indirectly, you'll have to pull that because that is also a design field. They're also you're doing something for users. They're also you're doing some research and all in a different format. But there will be things which you can draw panels to draw panels and tell how does it specify that you have potential over there. Right? That's the second thing. Okay. First thing, uh, don't write anything in the relevant experience if you don't have. Second thing, irrelevant experience, you have to convert it into how does it speak about your potential? Two things clear. Okay. Then the uh, one more point I told is uh, your only goal should be about right now. How is it that I can make sure I get enough reach for my portfolio? Whether it is social reach, LinkedIn, or job applying sites, or connects. A lot of times we misuse this, but it's a very important thing is a lot of times jobs do work through personal connects. Why is it that you have to go and look for personal connects? It's because whenever you're trying to apply for a job, the whole hiring process I've always keep telling you happens through trust. Hiring process itself is a trust building exercise, right? The company is trying to see whether they can trust you with whatever work you know they have that whether you can do or not. Because hiring says itself is that, right? All that assignment they give you and all this is, is a trust building process. Now, when a candidate comes from a person's word, right? I mean, let us say you have a contact, let's say, uh, you know, someone working in some company, they go and talk about you and say that, hey, probably this person is good. That adds to the trust because someone personally has referred you. So utilize your connections, everyone. It is very, very important. Also, you can do it through your social channels, but please utilize your connections. It helps. Jobs or even freelancing also. Freelancing though, like this is number one technique. Go and utilize your network. Go and utilize your connections. Okay? Because it comes from trust. Someone has to hire you. Someone has to select you. They have to trust you. Trust comes through connections. Very important. Yeah. So personal connections also I spoke about. Social platforms. How will you get reach to your portfolio? How one is start visiting a lot of these recruiter profiles. Two, start involving, start commenting, start talking, start asking questions wherever people, you know, that talk on social media, all these experts talk, right? They'll put a lot of discussions and all these things, right? Start commenting, start posting your views, start asking questions and find a lot of people in that manner. They'll also become your connections. They might probably have some openings and they'll also talk to you about it, right? And because of your social activity, let's say on LinkedIn or whatever, the social media platform also gives you relevant leads because social media networks work like that, right? So utilize your social profiles, not just simply applying jobs on LinkedIn, but going and involving in social activities, which means going, commenting, posting, you posting stuff, you asking for feedback, you discussing about topics, whatever, whatever, so that the industry notices you. Wherever there are recruiters, wherever there are people from other companies, other US designers, it requires some effort, but you'll have to do it. Okay. I did it as well. In initial years of my career, I did it as well. I found out a lot of people. I spoke to them. I connected with them. I used to comment. I used to attend conferences and stuff as well. Okay. Right now, conferences are not there. A lot of them you can attend online conferences and all this stuff. That's also one more thing, which is very, very important for you to keep building connections, start getting a lot of individual, what do you say? Uh, you can call it mentorship or you know, not like a structured mentorship, but 
just so that people you understand different perspectives from different people and all that stuff right for now if you do this definitely your chances of getting selected or getting a call for an interview will drastically improve okay not just the traditional method of just applying to a job through a form but also trying to get inbound leads you are there and you are getting requests what you're doing right now is outbound you are applying to those companies right if you do these things you will get inbound that means people will contact you where there is a higher chance of getting selected there is anything which is or anyone else is there something which i missed in terms up to up to getting leads for an interview is there any any other blocker for you guys Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. So, like, what I was thinking is the case studies we did during the assignments and the process we followed, uh, following the workbooks. It includes a lot of text. I mean, when we are making our portfolios, uh, I've got these reviews that you can also make some deck sort of thing, which, uh, which is scannable. I mean, uh, it's like it gives you a glimpse of the project, and not a lot of people want to read the text, but to get the summary. first and then they can also read the text if they want so how can we deal that uh, i'll talk about it again um i'll talk about it. this is a slightly different question okay i'll talk about i've spoken about it multiple times but i'll talk about it okay okay uh, yeah. yeah no problem uh just remind me after this but anything else who was i had an extension so i don't know if this is exactly relevant to what we were talking about but in the process of application so there are two schools of thoughts and i usually get confused in terms of what is right like one day i feel one is right the next day i feel like oh no this is right so like some people suggest that apply as much as you can like keep applying everywhere and uh, apply to as many places as you can and then the second school of thought is that apply to select those places that go through the description really well and be a little more you know selective and know the place a little before you step into it and of course i mean that comes with altering your application also but then that means that you're applying to lesser places so what makes more sense like what would actually give, get you when it do like applying to as many places as you can like just keep going going or just be a little selective let me tell you first it is not a zero or one okay it's not that okay uh, state zero is i'll just randomly apply to every company out there state one is i'll be very selective and apply only to those companies okay it's not like that let me explain firstly it also depends on your experience what you already know about yourself and the places you can work right you're a fresher right now you don't have experience working at one place therefore you also do not know about how companies really work your knowledge about what kind of companies you want to apply for is also limited right now right so it is difficult for you to go and make a short list of these are the companies which i go and apply for it is difficult for you right now on the other hand companies also don't have an idea to judge you about what kind of work you have done in the past to actually find out if you are a relevant candidate for them or not i'm just talking about relevance i'm not talking about fit relevance in the sense let us say some person has experience only in saas tools right maybe a b2c company might not find that experience relevant to this 
their choice again it's not that they will not but it might not be relevant for them they might want someone who's who was already working on saas tools previously okay so in this way you don't have anything right now so that company find some relevance or you find something relevant right now what the school of thought about not applying randomly to all places tells you is it's not that you apply to 100 places and you will minimum get five applications no it's not about that you can apply to 100 places but every place you apply are you getting the feedback why is it that you are not getting the call and are you making an improvement iteratively are you making yourself better then you will definitely get calls applying to 100 places doesn't mean okay portfolio resume apply 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 then there is no guarantee that you will get right you apply to few places see what's happening maybe some places you'll get a call some places not get a call what's happening what can you learn from that can you change something in your portfolio can you write a different story can you talk to different kinds of people what experiments are you doing so that you can get the call as a first step that people watch your resume or portfolio or whatever and talk to you if those experiments which you have done for yourself are successful people are approaching you then the next step what can be my you know maybe my case studies can be much better maybe my presentation of the case studies can be better or whatever then the next step next step next step in this way you can apply to n number of companies but are you learning something and changing from every time you apply is the question over there that's why it is not zero or one clear madly applying i also know where you are getting the school of thought from because there are multiple influencers on instagram who post both sides of the stuff and uh, right i also read those posts and that's why this kind of confusion is existing but the heart of what they're trying to say is don't just madly apply to hundreds of places improve and then apply again the logic about applying to 100 places is not that at least five you will get no no that's that logic doesn't work because if you are irrelevant you are relevant to all 100 right so experiment with what's working what's not working learn from it and then keep on applying definitely because as an iterative process you will understand that oh this is not working that is not working more probably this is working this is working and then you will start getting calls once you start getting calls once that start working you will keep getting calls there are a lot of people who it happened also is they keep getting calls and they have to filter themselves out out of the calls they'll get then get to that stage where you're like okay i'm getting these 10 calls now where do i proceed my interview process with which company can help me for growth or my the way of i'm thinking get to that stage clear yeah okay so ankita your question about uh, case study the length of your case study right mm-hmm. so okay so firstly yes if definitely people do not read lengthy case studies okay yeah therefore again and again i tell you everyone you will have to make your case studies scannable how is it that people can quickly understand what you have written in your case study by scanning from top to bottom is more important than presenting in such a way that people are forced literally read everything to understand what you have done it is very very important okay when people tell you to cut down the case studies and maybe write a summary my the reason why i don't recommend it to start with is because when you do that okay people who are asking you probably they want to read your whole case study and they're like hey you know what it's very difficult for me to get a quick idea of what you are 
but but if you go and cut down a lot of things from your case studies a lot of times it becomes difficult when i want to understand about that particular process it is difficult for me to understand what are you thinking over there and the whole case study kind of becomes artificial right that's the reason why i don't recommend people to write short forms of their case studies because you'll be like they literally be like research few questions this that and then suddenly some prototypes and you know no proper reasoning all the work which you have done lost over there so then what do you do do you write a 25 minute long or 30 minute long case study which people will take a lot of time to read yes you will write it but you'll also write it in such a way that if i choose to read it in 2 minutes i'll get what i need in 2 minutes can you make it scannable and write it in such a way that people can also scan it in 2 minutes one this is for a case study let's say on medium let's say you have your own website now can you actually compress portions in such a way that you write the summary over there if people want to read more they can click on something and it can expand and you can read from there if not just goes back and they can read the outline of the case study right it's okay that people skip the parts which are not easy to read but it's not okay that people understand that you have not done work over there maybe you don't know about it that's it's even bad so again let's look at those people who are telling you and let's understand the heart of what they are telling you when they tell you write down smaller case studies right yeah. so ankita can you give me an example of those people asking you to write down you know whatever that making a presentation out of it or a deck out of it like what are the conversations how did it come let's understand their heart no. Yeah so uh, I I've, I've got a review from one of my post like I know some people in uh, in designing mm-hmm. so I I got my portfolio reviewed with them and I did one case study uh, following the workbooks that you gave and uh, then they told me that it's a lot of text to read one thing then second thing is you your your solution is at the last so when we are going through your portfolio we are seeing that you have done all these things but for what you have done those things i am not getting the motivation to go to the last referring to you know like why you have done all these research are you getting my point like uh we are going from understanding what all i have done but why i have done these things is at the last so the motivation is lost in two three scrolls that for what reasons are you doing all these things that was they're saying that i came across probably true right probably very true therefore the two problems here one is they are not able to read the whole thing because somehow the setup was in such a way that the expectation is to read the whole thing maybe you don't have to maybe your case study should be more scannable they clearly understand what they can read and what they need not read right yeah as i said this is a better problem than not having anything it's a case study where people don't have things to read and they're like why these tips are happening i don't understand okay because now if they want to go deeper they can read what you have done over the second point about being motivated in terms of why is it that you have done again the whole workbooks clearly speak about that saying that you have to be clear in terms of why is it that you are doing every step the why is are there in all the workbooks and let's say you're doing that empathy mapping it's very clear that in the workbooks i clearly ask you to write down why why is it that you are doing it before even writing down that you are doing an empathy map 
without the whys people will ask you these questions it's not clear why you have done this research it's not clear why is it that you have done your empathy mappings right again if you utilize the workbooks in a textbook manner then people will be like oh looks like there is some framework or some boot camp and you just literally did the research because they have asked you to do the research right that's the scope you are talking about oh we are not understanding why is that you have done that so it's very important writing down why you have done it linking stuff is very very important if it doesn't flow as a story you will it will be understood that okay you are doing it just because someone has asked you to do it got it as a second point the third thing is motivation yes so what happens is experienced people when they actually present a lot of times they show the solutions first and they show all the background research and all these things in those stages that happens in real companies even at amazon i don't present all my research work first and then show my solution i present my solution first and then show the background work that's how experienced people do it because they also know that i am a person who will do that research or whatever to actually come to that solution they know that about me about you ankita they don't know that they don't know if you are randomly making some ui screens or it a person who has actually researched something and came to the solution in a proper manner right so that's your answer your answer is okay but right now i want to showcase that this is what i am capable of i can solve problems and i solve it in a nice manner right my story tells that this is what i am going to solve for this is the reason why i have done it and therefore this i have written like that right so again so when people give this feedback first feedback there might be an expectation that they have to read the full case study so you have to change it in such a way that people scan don't delete things from your case study maybe just make it a little bit better scannable i'm telling you this is a better problem than thinking that your portfolio is an artificial portfolio it's okay okay the second thing is if they need motivation maybe talk about your solution a little upfront it's okay what you want to showcase is how well you solve a problem before just directly jumping into solutions because i have also seen those interviews where people ask like oh already solution you have not thought about the problem properly yet you have not thought about users yet what iterations have you done none of this can be seen you're directly showing me screens i've seen those not seen up there hundreds of times this is what students do they just directly bring solutions in front of us right so how is it that you are writing the story in such a way that you represent what you are very very good at is again dependent on so consider these two things as typically like user feedback right you don't have to do what they are asking you to do you have to understand what their heart is what the root problem is they want to judge you quickly that's the point so writing down a smaller case study or a case deck is one solution but making a better scannable case study is another solution right that's why i said let's understand the heart the yeah. second thing they want to be motivated to understand why they are doing all this the problem when they see all that research because you are the designer you know the context they don't know the context usually people want to understand the solution first because they that's how people are right they are like oh all this is okay but what is that you are offering to the world they want to see that so how is it that you can probably give them that and still make them see what is that you have done groundwork to get to that place do that it's not about just talking about a solution first but 
can you write a hypothesis first maybe that's why your mega project does this your mega project it starts with a hypothesis it starts with you solutioning in the first workbook itself you do a lot of solutioning it says that probably because this is my hypothesis this is the solutions this is what i will do and now it's time for me to validate a lot of assumptions over there you validate those assumptions and you change your solution after you finish your change or or you keep whatever based on the result which comes and then after that you go forward and again make the final solutions so is there a way that you can present your hypothesis or the direction which a solution might be going so that it can retain their curiosity and understand what point it is right do that again yeah feedback which is relevant to experienced designers might not be relevant to you as of now so it's okay you take charge in terms of what you want to show to people you, you don't have to worry about how other people in the industry are doing right away it's okay what you are good at right now showcase them got it but this ppt is obviously yeah. against you because you just make a small ppt you know a lot of golden stuff is gone maybe the ppt can be shown by when you are like doing a live presentation there's a panel sitting in front of you there's like a ppt you can show and then in front of them there is this full case study which they can also refer to yeah or the lecture or whatever but the presentation is taking you some direction but just putting that presentation in the portfolio no that does more worse than what it can again this is my style different people do different styles this is my style and largely i have been successful because of this and my students have been successful because of this because i'm hitting at those places which value thought process and again if you want to value thought process and people who judge you based on your thought process do this got it ankita yeah nadeep got it yes okay and uh, general advice to everyone is you have to build your own perspectives again guys obviously the entire world has a lot of perspectives anadeep aigar's perspectives are one multiple other people have multiple perspectives right because they had their own experiences ultimately you'll have to build your own perspective that's what i talk in the first video in the entire mastery perspectives the beginning what do i tell there everyone has their own perspectives ultimately you'll have to build your own perspective of how things work right yes yeah awesome and with that we conclude this episode i don't know if you finish your coffee but i'm sure this helped you think better like a ux designer also don't miss out on the other episodes where i talk a lot about exciting things in ux design for more content stay tuned to ux coffee break hit that subscribe button and we'll meet in your next coffee break